Hello and welcome to Judgment Day, the film podcast that pits your favorite films against Terminator 2. I'm your host, Michael Carroll. Our theme today is Dare to be Stupid, the music of Stan Bush and Vince DiCola, and my guest is Victor Mako. Hello, Victor. How you doing, Michael? I'm very good. Um, Victor, uh, we've known each other for a number of years. We're about to have, I think, a contentious episode here um, about yeah, a few films. My- Michael sent uh, some notes on some of these classic films we're about to talk about, and I feel like I'm about to have a conversation with someone who insulted my mother. Um, so, at, at, at your leisure, sir. Okay, so so just for context for everyone, we're talking about the films Bloodsport, Rocky IV, and uh, Transformers 1986. Um, these are all films that have uh, either music by Vince DiCola or feature songs by Stan Bush or both. Um, and I don't know, just just generally speaking, um, these these are awesome movies. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start with that. <laughs> you're shaking your head. <laughs> no, I like where you're going. Go ahead. These are uh genuinely enjoyable films and 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 like going back to them you know um i was thinking of them as like uh not modern day because these movies are fucking you know like 36 years old but um uh these are like uh like fun musicals um and uh they just are two of them centered around like really like stupid meathead guys. And one of them is a, is a wonderful toy commercial, which, you know, we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, what's your, uh, what was your feeling when um, I laid out these three films as films to discuss? I thought this motherfucker is very ambitious. Okay. Um, I, I thought we were going to do one. I, I would do a, a just transformers episode. Uh, then you threw in Bloodsport, and I was like, oh, okay. And then throwing in Rocky IV uh, was, uh, I'm impressed. Let's, let's see if we can. Let's, okay, let's just jump in. Let's just jump in. So Bloodsport, 1988. Jean-Claude Van Damme plays Frank Dukes, a U.S. soldier who goes AWOL to participate in the secret lethal martial arts competition, the Kumite. Um, a big Sunday afternoon, uh, like, um broadcast television movie for me in the in the 90s probably the the van damme film i i i saw the most probably for me the most iconic van damme film agreed yeah it had um let's see uh the big the big takeaway i had when i was a kid um, because I don't think I ever saw the beginning of it. It was always a movie that, like, I jumped into in the middle of. And, you know, I could have been, like, an outdoor kid uh, getting exercise, socializing. But, you know, um, I'd always see – I'd always catch it in the second half. And um, I remember uh, Bolo Young as Chong Lee, iconically, um, as the big bad that Van Damme goes up against – uh, just a great, like, grinning, menacing presence. I remembered very little beyond that. Like, what you're saying is that you're not qualified to talk about this movie. <laughs> well, I went back to it, and boy, oh boy, what a piece of shit. <laughs> 
the whole okay so so the movie well tell talk us through how this movie begins first of all the fact that you didn't see the beginning of it is i went i went back and i watched all of them like this is this is a movie that you should have owned or a friend of yours had it on betamax and you watched it reverently um it has all the iconic uh 1980s tropes of the white guy who goes to the asian master and learns the way of the warrior in this one it's more it is more offensive than i remember it he's a little shit that like breaks into uh this like ninjutsu master's house and tries to steal a samurai sword right frank dukes the uh young van damme character who like they get this child actor who like breaks he has a he has a batman origin story he's he it's a robin origin story but the kid's accent is so bad that it actually does van damme justice it actually (laughs) is very plausibly (laughs) van damme it's pretty fucking i if you can just get a snippet of the audio of this guy talking i'll, I'll try and second, yeah please play it right here yeah so you probably could get that well I'll, I'll loop it in after the fact there's so many classic bad english lines and and i think to, to to and i'm not qualified to talk about this i was hoping that you would take the the helm with this part but it's a hong kong action movie and as a result there is like a lot of classical 80s uh, stuntmen, stunt fights. There's, uh, I think, more than any other movie with this kind of premise. Th- this is, first of all, a modernized ripoff of Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. They go to this like special fight uh, location underground in Hong Kong, and they pit uh, the best warriors from all the countries around the world. What makes this unique, uh, as opposed to Enter the Dragon, is that every nationality has the 1980s racist, like their identity is like mixed in with their racial, <laughs> racial makeup. So like, you know, there's like a sumo wrestler. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's an African man who, who does monkey style. It's like powerfully racist. <laughs> there's like a surfer guy that fights on the beach, but the opening of it goes through all these different countries and, and shows you the best of the best. Yeah. It, it, it opens with, uh, well, um, yeah, the, 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 the like quote unquote monkey style that, that was one of those things where I think I was looking into like the Wikipedia of it and, and they, and they were like, yeah, that's, that was just completely made up. That's not based on anything. <laughs> like, but then like, it was, it was purely to offend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it's interesting because it does it, – it also is sort of like um, the connective tissue between like the mythos of Enter the Dragon and like Street Fighter, um, which is ironic because then um, Van Damme ends up um, in um, a Street Fighter movie in – what was it? Like 96, which um, – just, that was a piece of dog shit. Yeah, but 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 see, like I remember like seeing that film and being like, yeah, but the actual like Street Fighter movie is Bloodsport. So um, why are you even making this? You know, um, good point. Uh, Another connective tissue mm-hmm. is Bolo Young, who plays the the bad guy. Uh, he's Chang-Li. actually one of the main initial bad guys in uh, Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm. and he was the 
Asian cinema's answer to an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Up until him, it was all very slim, uh, lean guys like Bruce Lee that were all the Kung Fu stars. He he represented this new, bigger, leaner, like more hulked out uh, Asian action star. Then there's also uh, Donald Gibb, who plays Jackson, uh, who's um, Van Damme's best friend. he was, uh, he was like, I think his name was Ox in Revenge of the Nerds. And, you know, what was so interesting when he's on camera, um, Forrest Whitaker is the, the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. That was the guy who was like holding like the, the, the nerds up by the ankles and screaming nerds. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. That guy, to be fair in Revenge of the Nerds, he was amazing. Yeah, no, no, he he was like a, a genuinely <laughs> he like the movie. Yeah, no, he he was he he was he's really fascinating to watch and and uh, um fun and you know you kind of wonder like, you know, hey, if it was like, you know, like even like 10 years later like he might have had more of a career. Um Are you uh, sure it was the same guy? Yeah. He didn't have I mean, I love Jackson, don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. He he comes off as this pro wrestler energy like you know, he could be a WWF, like Hacksaw Jim Duggan type, like country looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Super Calls you brother. aggressively American. Yeah. Uh, but in Revenge of the Nerds, he's just a Neanderthal. He had a catchphrase, which was just screaming nerds. Mm-hmm. He did it so well. It was iconic. He didn't have anything like that in Bloodsport. Yeah. Well, then he ends up becoming a nerd in, I think, three he ends up getting yeah, absorbed in, guy. yeah. Well, the, yeah, the series really jumped the shark by that point, you know. <laughs> Do you like? Did you like watching Van Damme now? Yeah, I mean, I, I watch this movie on a regular basis for the yeah. past thirty some odd years. Um, I think, uh, you know, there was a period as a kid you take it very seriously because you believe that if you play your cards right an old Asian man is going to teach you uh, martial arts uh, in much the same manner that this kid learned martial arts. And so it's just, it's, it's just, it's like just being a good, a good Christian is uh, (laughs) expecting, expecting someone to give you this knowledge. So I watched it very seriously as a kid. We rewatched it many times, all the lessons of like what a true fighter does, you know, it's got a lot of parallels with Rocky four once we get into that. Yeah. But uh, essentially the story is that uh, Frank Dukes learns uh, martial arts from this Japanese master. Uh, The Japanese master actually wants his young son to train with Frank Dukes and Frank Dukes is kind of the punching bag for him. And then it turns out that he's uh, very skilled as a martial artist and like, saves the son from some bullies and then we flash to the future the son has gone to fought, fight in the kumite in hong kong and uh, he didn't make it yeah uh, bolo young uh killed him in the kumite and frank dukes who is now a uh green beret some kind of like special forces, yeah he's, he's in the army i'm just glad he's on to, our side <laughs> uh, he goes to avenge the loss of his somewhat brother uh, figure, and which is all the all these eighties fighting movies is like avenging your brother somehow your, your dead brother. Yeah, 
And so, um, you know, I watched it very earnestly as a kid. And then, you know, as an adult, you watched it for like the fight scenes, or I should say as a teenager. And then as an adult, you watch it ironically because there's so many bad parts or so many things to make fun of. But re-watching it again this week in preparation for this serious uh, cinematic uh, discussion, I think it's a fucking awesome movie. Uh, the, my my beefs with it are uh, the almost sadistic tendency for Jean-Claude Van Damme to show his butt cheeks. Yeah. Uh, in all of his movies, he very aggressively he's not shy. always has... He's just like just pulling them up, mm-hmm. like as the camera like swings over, and he's just pulling his like bikini briefs over the crack. And for whatever reason, um, we all had to suffer through so much JCVD butt crack <laughs> that I, I I just never realized that, that it was probably him being like, you know, it'd be great these uh, show my butt cheeks. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I'm a little resentful, is what I'm finding. Riveting well, stuff here. That's shitting on a classic. I would like for you to put forth some of your. I didn't think uh, the fighting. I didn't think the fighting was strong. I thought that. Uh, um, I, I didn't think that it was. I thought it was repetitive. I think uh, in my notes, yeah, it was a lot of like just like, um, um, dude looks like he's charging up, you know, and that's kind of like what like a lot of the stuff was. It was very. There's like a lot of slow mo stuff um, for stunts that didn't seem you know very good like there was one like um he has a fight near the end in, in his last few rounds van damme where like he does some like uh they both do like these two like uh jump kicks to each other van damme and, and some other guy the guy who fights right before uh bolo and um clearly the other guy had <laughs> had a better jump and a better kick but he was also a better actor because he was able to like roll out and be like oh my god van damme was so good at fucking kicking me you know like i just um for for a movie like that the melodrama is you know it's seared in my consciousness i you know i i think about it a lot you know and again we'll go into this a little bit with rocky four but like yeah like the the fighting you know i wanted more from the action uh for what it was um, I, I liked seeing Van Damme blind at the end. Bolo, uh, kind of does this like shitty poor sportsman thing where he's going to lose to Van Damme. So he like blows this like smoke in his eyes and makes him go blind. And there's a very famous gif of Van Damme like screaming and, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was fine. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't as strong as I remembered it, uh, wanted it to be. The music was good. Um, although weirdly, excellent. I liked I liked the music in Kickboxer a little bit more. We 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 were discussing a little bit going back and forth on Kickboxer and, and this. And I've actually never even finished Kickboxer. I liked what I saw, but like um, again, I started watching it as a thirty eight year old. I probably should have started I, if I had seen it as you know when I was like eight. I, I think that's 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 the problem with this conversation is that this movie hasn't grown in your martial spirit. Yeah. In the same way it has for some of the rest of us old people. Yeah. Um, but I, I just want to, we're talking about whether or not this is better than Terminator 2. All right. We'll, we'll get there. So let's end. set up, let's, let's set up at least this. Mm-hmm. This is one man avenging the death of his brother mm-hmm. against then, the man who killed his brother. Uh-huh. But before he fights that guy, 
he has to get through these other motherfuckers yeah. from different countries who know some different shit than him. And along the way, he gets a new brother, and then that guy fucking knocks his, his ass down and steals his Harley Davidson. Yeah, anyway, yeah. It was it was definitely fun. I definitely like enjoyed watching it, and it's definitely a film that I will continue to live with and go back to. Yeah. I, um, I, as far as the fighting goes, they did have a lot of real action stars. They had a lot real uh, kickboxers. Yeah. Uh, some of those people were, were uh, fairly legit and Jean-Claude Van Damme has always been very limited into what his moves are. He does like this sideways stance yeah, and then yeah. he does a sidekick and then he does those two things. You, for, you're, I can see you. You're making some great motions. I, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, this is, this is the stance. Yeah. You'll see that. He's putting his hands on. 15 yeah. minutes and then there's like a foot that comes every once in a while. Yeah. And the camera work is like this, like just a foot smacking you in the face, and the splits, POV style. And, and a lot of the splits, and and yeah, it's, it's not it's not an if, it's a when. It's like it's like Shyamalan making a plot twist, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Music wise, it has one great uh, montage scene with an awesome classic '80s cocaine fueled power ballad. Yeah, um, I don't think that song disappoints. That's the, you're talking about when he's running away from Forrest Whitaker and uh, the other guy. He's running away from the uh, MPs because he's AWOL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying good to remember stuff. what. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. All right, let's jump into Rocky Four. Okay. Okay, it's Rocky. You know Rocky. This is the one where he fights the Russians. The series uh, jumps the shark, goes from scrappy Best Picture winner to full-on agitprop blockbuster. Okay? It took... Three and a half minutes before this movie started, there was just recycling footage, exploding gloves. You just holy you... shit of God! <laughs> it was ridiculous. They showed probably about ten minutes of the old movies, like th- in three different acts. It was Im- impressively lazy. I mean, yeah, you said like cocaine guy energy, and and that's that's definitely like going back to Rocky Four, another. Yeah, Sunday afternoon broadcast television, like, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe there's 20 minutes left in it, maybe it just started, but, like, I'm just going to sit here and watch it, like, Rocky Four was the other one, and, yeah, it just, it just has the, 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 the big line in my notes here, is Stallone stupid or is he cynical? Like, there, there's just so much, like, watching this where I'm just interested in, I mean, I'm very interested in the Stallone right now especially during this era because he really was making these like movies that were just like just aggressively dumb but he just puts it all on swagger and he and he generally makes it work you 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 are thinking about how dumb it is while you're watching it but you're also not turning it off he's also hypnotic to watch <sighs> Uh, this movie is one of the most iconic 1980s action movies. Yes. Um, I don't have nearly as much affection for it, mm-hmm. um, but I felt how significant it was. I, uh, at some point, Stallone just becomes a like Reagan-era fanboy, whereas Rocky One wasn't political. Rocky uh, One was way. very political. You didn't. Think... I, it, well, okay, not so like not... <laughs> so for me, Rambo three and Rocky four are. It almost feels like it was written by the Reagan administration. Right. It's the arch nemesis of Russia. 
It's Rockets like, hey, we gotta do what we gotta do. To hey, you know, yeah, yeah. because freedom is good. Yeah. I think we should talk about Rambo three at some point. It's one of the most profoundly uh, embarrassing movies <laughs> about the <laughs> Afghanistan conflict. Yeah, uh, it, it's got some great lines in it, but um, it, Rocky four itself, you know, it, it was um, it was so big at the time. I don't think I had the understanding of how preachy it was uh, and how embarrassing it was. But, you know, the whole the whole premise is that he's now in the autumn of his career. He is filthy rich. He's got a Lamborghini. Uh, he's, he's, he's got a robot. He's always he's got he gets a terrifying robot in this movie. He's trying to sandwich in all this melodrama, and, and he does continue to play a character that is like aggressively stupid, mm-hmm. but salt of the earth and provides like wit, like wisdom. Like, uh, hey, you know, uh, maybe you should not underestimate this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, hey, hey. This stuff's real nice, but uh, it ain't who we are. And th- and that was what was in, what that was one of the interesting things because yeah, there's a robot. He has a Lamborghini. His his fashion sense. He, he just he he has flair in this movie. He wears some great fucking shirts. You know, he does have some amazing. Yeah, 80s. he 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 his style game was on was on point throughout like he basically the like... entire decade. But but it's like like when the Griswolds go to France, and yeah, National Lampoons, and they like <laughs> put on the European like outfits, yeah, like holy shit, they look like the future. That's what he looks like, right? Throughout the whole movie, and he's and he's supposed to be Rocky, but the uh, but and and to his credit, you know, he 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 wrote and directed this film. Maybe he covered. I, I'll look up. But um, he wrote and directed this film. You know. He he. It felt like he was saying something with all this stuff. Like he was putting a lot of, like like. There's no Philadelphia in this movie. If there is, it's it's unrecognizable. But he is putting it out there. At, he's front loading the beginning of the movie with this stuff to kind of like contrast this with where he's going to be at the end when he's like fighting for the U.S. in like Siberia, you know, and just kind of showing like pampered suburban affluent um, America in the eighties and it's really cheesy and it's really fun, fun to watch. <laughs> but um, the robot uh, embarrassed the shit out of me uh, just because like all eighties movies, they shoehorned this idea of a robot and it like plays music. Yeah. And it's it falls in love with Polly. Yeah. It's got uncle, uncle Polly is that working class person who he follows him. He tags along for the whole movie. And at the end, you know, Uncle Polly's the real, the real one. Mm-hmm. I've been with you the whole time, Rock. You yeah. could have thrown me into the trash like a big Italian like pile of duty, but instead you stuck with me, Rock, and I love you for it. But it's not even that. It's just that, like, what, what? So to get more into the plot of this, like, it's just that Polly was just the only guy who hadn't been ca- cannon fodder by this point, because you know, um, <laughs> in three, um, uh, yeah, uh, you know, he has to fight Mike Tyson. And it's so uh, upsetting for for Mickey. Mr. T, sir. What did I say? Mike Tyson. Oh, Mr. T. Uh, it's so it's so upsetting for um, for Mickey to watch uh, Rocky fight Mr. T that he has a heart attack and like uh, spiritually kind of kills him. Um, and then like and that's when he and Apollo Rocky and Apollo Creed become friends. And then in this movie, like, there's not even like any sort of like. There's not. You would think that there's like a mentorship 
like subplot that starts and it doesn't go there at all. Like Apollo Creed, um, you know, goes up against Ivan Drago, the new upstart from the Soviet Union and um, just gets fucking uh, killed in the ring. And then that kind of gives Rocky the spiritual juice. Not not before they make a big show out of Apollo Creed dancing around in Uncle Sam top hat, yeah. American flag, pajama pants with James Brown singing "Living Living in America." Yeah, it's great number over the top, and uh, and Sylvester Stallone gives him a close up himself a close up of looking on with disapproval at the spectacle while yeah. James Brown is dancing, and he's just like, "This isn't the way, my friend." Yeah, well, that, so that that's an. I mean, that's the thing, though. But that's that's kind of like what a lot of you, know, you were saying. The first Rocky wasn't really political, but I mean, like just the the story of you know, like that Rocky was based on. I mean, it's very like great white hype stuff. So there's a lot of like interesting. You know, there's the Eddie Murphy bit in Raw about like uh, you know white Italian guys when they when they get out of seeing a Rocky movie. You know, like yeah. With all yeah, the with I mean, the, all the language I'm not going to use. <laughs> Thank you for. I think you're. I appreciate you taking one for the team and not saying those words that you often say in private. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of racial, racially political stuff. That that's a little bit different. I just meant yeah. jingoistic America versus. Well, but yeah, that yeah, and that and that's what's interesting about this film because by this point it's like he had been been such an icon. Um, in those other, like, you know, like, it's just weird because, like, two is just reiterating one. And then three, it's just, like, spiritually, like, okay, now Carl Weathers, uh, now Apollo Creed is going to actually, like, become my best friend. You know, we're going to, like. And they have a lot of, like, shirtless, sweaty uh, high fives and hugs. Yeah, really beautiful and, men, you know, just, like, yeah. like, like openly loving each other. It, it's It's kind of wonderful to see. But then, um, yeah, and then, like, in in 4, like, it really takes a narrative twist because it, like, is, like, transcending all that stuff because now it's, like, now there's something bigger than, like, you know, America's racial problem, and that's its, uh, <laughs> it's Cold War. That's, uh, yeah. you know, nearing the end. The music. Very, uh, Vince DiCola doing uh, the score, and it, it is very similar to Transformers. Um, it may be similar. I don't think it worked for me. At it's all. not. It's not as strong. Cola. Yeah. Well, and again, we'll, doesn't fit. I, I think we were raised on Rocky having aggressive guitar training montages, and there was just too many little jazzy nuances. And not only that, but when they really start playing up the Vince DiCola soundtrack, we've already made this shift from Rocky going from uh, super wealthy Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to defeat this Soviet scientifically created monster that uh, technology made this uh, Ivan Drago Mm -hmm. played by Dolph Lundgren. He's always like plugged into like wires and electrodes. There's an aggressive uh, fucking steroids needle squirting out fucking steroids juice that gets plugged. I mean, the close up on that fucking steroids needle was was yeah beautiful. yeah uh and then it gets plunged into his shoulder and he gets shot up so by the time we see that he trades to places with rocky rocky goes back to i just need a barn and some fucking 
snow boots yeah. and I'm going to like train, train myself. Uh, so, so adding all the Vince DiCola, who he's a masterful composer, uh, really ahead of his time when it comes to a lot of like electronic music scoring, it just didn't, I don't think it was the right fit for yeah. that part of, uh, 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 yeah, for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, I was listening to this and I was just like, I was so in love with the music. It's so much fun. Uh, I, I was kind of like, I kind of, I maybe like this music better than the, the iconic Rocky score. Maybe that's blasphemy, but I was just like, yeah, I mean, um, it, it's, it's so weirdly like, uh, it just, it just works for me. It's very cheesy, but it, it's like, like kind of Stallone at this, in this period, it's just very like, yeah, I'm just like warts and all, you know, like whatever, you know, like, uh, don't be such a snob. I think, you know, like this, this is going to get a to where it needs to be and and I don't know. Yeah, I I thought it was really good. I think what's interesting there's recycled footage throughout this whole movie. The whole thing felt so much like he signed on to do this project. The dog ate his homework. I was really interested in the way uh the movie wraps up. Um he the first third of it is all built on the death of Apollo Creed and the anguish Stallone feels yeah, about this that's a good point. and it's just and then and then like and then the movie just fully shifts into like he this this just soap opera with him and Adrian um he literally gets into his car and drives away and has a flashback after they get into a fight about like just the vaguest discussion of like you don't need to do this I need to do this to stand up for what's right and then like the um uh, what's the what's the song it's it's just it's just fucking great. Um, there's no easy way out. Um, and then and then he's just back home. Like, he goes on this drive. He thinks about everything. It, it, it just plays the whole song straight through. Like, this is what I mean when I talk about, like, these movies are like like musicals. Like, like just the whole, like, the music is really holding the, 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 the narrative together. Because, like, um, whenever, like, anything gets, like, uh, emoted is just said. It's not really, like, like shown any other way. Um, well, I, I think what he's trying to say is that for the kind of Italian man from this era, yeah, whenever he has a complicated feeling, he can only experience it by driving in a car and listening to the stereo lab. Yeah. Uh, and then... No, you're right. And that that is that is the like show don't tell, isn't it? He's driving into his problem. Yeah. Right. And then it, you get to see what what he like, right. He's a close up of his wife saying, "I don't believe in you." Yeah, yeah. And, and he's then, driving uh, away from his past, but his past is still there because there's clips from Rocky two, II, Rocky three, II, Rocky one. You know, like yeah. And then now, and now a blonde, spike haired, uh, just giant Drago, ogre ogre. Uh, being shot from with light from underneath repeatedly mm -hmm. menacingly yeah the amount yeah. of of uh, recycled footage you got to give it up to them because they were like fuck it let's just use 45 minutes with recycled footage the movie yeah. starts with a recap of previous oh, fights yeah. from i think part 3 and then it goes into uh Carl Weathers saying that he's got to fight Apollo or um uh, Drago, and then from the midpoint of the movie, forty minutes deep, there's a montage that begins to ex to explain his emotions. That's what we just talked about. Mm. That leads into a montage of him going to Russia 
And then once he gets to Russia, he goes to this like simple barn place. And in yeah, there, Burning Heart, another, another great song. Another montage of him mm-hmm. training. And he's not that good yet. He's not well, good there's a scene in the middle where out. Adrian has come back, but like literally that's all that no, no, happened. No, no. Oh, 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 sorry, so, sorry. So, so that, that, the, that shitty montage ends with him getting a little bit better. And then Adrian comes, they have the conversation. Yeah. He's like, yo, my bad about saying that you're going to lose and get your ass kicked by this dude. And he's like, it's cool, baby. And yeah, what you just did was more. Montage. What you, you just, you're, you're putting your own shit there because I think it was a lot more like bare bones, like, yeah. No, it was three different montages back to back. Yeah. That's when I was like, either this is genius and I'm wrong, <laughs> right? Like, maybe I'm the idiot. Maybe I don't get how fucking magical yeah. this is. Yeah. Who's got the balls to put back to back to back musical montages? And, and then Drago gets his at least two montages of him training also. It's so cross cut, yeah. The, so the movie, honestly, maybe is like 25 minutes of new footage. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And, 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 then, and, then, and then actually, and this is a thing that I think, like for me, if we can get into the final fight, um, all Rocky movies have bad fight scenes. You know, like I'm not even trying they to miss, be like, they miss 90 percent of their swings. Yeah. So I mean, like, I'm not trying to be dodging. like, like, oh, like it needs to be Raging Bull. But, it, you know, like I remember watching Creed and, and like they're being like close ups, you know, and, you know, they're just being like pathos. I mean, I, I think that there was something too in the first Rocky, at least like there being a feeling of like, um, oh, now you're just like watching a fight like it's like like you're watching it on TV, like and the movie's scrappy and it has to do with action sequences is scrappy. But like I was kind of shocked at like like obviously like just like from a production standpoint, like they got like this huge auditorium full of extras, you know, and they all have to be dressed up like they're um, you know, fucking M. Bison. Communist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, they, you know, who who weirdly, like in the middle of it all, like just decide that they love America now because he's so good at fighting. Um, but... Yeah, and they expertly snuck that narrative in uh, by, and this is really a great way of, of showing this change in their emotions. The announcer goes, oh, they like Rocky now. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everybody loves Rocky because he's been getting his ass kicked for so long. That it just makes logical sense that because the announcer said it, a couple of Russian people are like cheering for him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think uh, the part that they were trying, the way that they were trying to do it was Drago's on steroids. He's a machine like figure. When, when, <laughs> when they're measuring his punches, they're like a normal man punches at 800 yeah. pounds per square inch. And they show a close up of. Uh, Drago punching the computer and it says 1300 and then it climbs to 1800 and then it comes to 2300 so by the time you get to the actual fight you're now imagining that this like cybernetic machine is punching Rocky so hard that his like you know guts fly out of his butt yeah um but he won't so I but think it won't that's, happen that's the, <laughs> I think he's, he's got he's tight um I think that's that's what they were trying to say that the Russian people maybe appreciated what a fighter he was, but it was really half-assed. So I, I can't even really again. But what? What's what, my, just my final thought before we jump into Transformers? But like my my feeling is this stuff. Yeah, it's all very stupid. It's all very surface level. It's all very melodramatic. Um, it is just a, a venue, a conduit 
for this like just genuinely kick ass music um and that that really is the lifeblood the 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 look of the film actually like i think took a took a big leap up um i think you know really when yeah. when when is this movie 85 like that's really when like um like the blockbuster as we know it now kind of like really started to like visually like cement and maybe we'll get into that a little bit more into terminator 2 but like yeah this this definitely and, like and even in their flashbacks the filmish the filmic look of part one and part two and even part three is a tangible grittiness yeah that very is a hard contrast to mm-hmm. how glossy like soft like penthouse uh yeah what's the one he like did with kurt russell um like maybe two years later was uh um tango, tango and cash. cash yeah 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 like and that's yeah. that you know that that by that point it, that's we're basically in the 90s um yeah visually speaking you know top you can tell around because the corner. stallone Sylvester Stallone starts wearing fancier underwear. That's the progression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Rocky won. You know, he was using like a like a rapper from like a baloney or something. His and cheeks probably... got got a lot thinner too. That's the other interesting thing about like doing the whole flashback thing is you know because his face really is like hypnotic to look at. And um, anyway, yeah, you 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 see it, it's it's an interesting choice. It's it's a it's a jolting thing to see like him from like 1976 when he looks like he's nine years older than he is in 1985, you know? I mean, I think the movie itself was a useful endeavor just to kind of illustrate or reveal how attractive you found Sylvester Stallone uh, (laughs) around this 1985 era. So, I mean, I'm, to me, it's worth it. Like this whole thing. Let's do it. Um, All right. Let's, Let's jump into the big one here. 1986's Transformers the movie, a dazzlingly psychotic movie, incoherent in any meaningful sense beyond simply a toy company ending its 1985 line of toys and introducing its 1986 line. The evil Decepticon robots choose to to just do mass slaughter on the good Autobots. Many robots are killed on both sides. Their leaders mortally wound each other. The good guys hand off leadership. The bad guys get re-energized by a giant planet-sized transformer. And from there, it's just a big chase full of mayhem, manic highs and lows, and great fucking music. Go. Um, first of all, fuck you. Uh, for uh, a lot of things. Uh, but one of them is this idea. Where am I wrong? Of, Where am I wrong? This idea for of Hasbro killing off its characters to introduce one. How could that possibly have been relevant to you as a four-year-old? No, uh, yeah, no, no, in no way. We were both we were both four years old when we saw this, right? Yeah, yeah. There, you, there was there was no way in hell any of that entered your no subconscious, not at all. So that's that's no. something that pop culture now has grasped onto because of the uh, commentary. Yeah. So, um, I, I, me, I, I it, say it, that because there was, there was literally like the first time that movie got released on DVD, the, like they had a behind the scenes documentary and like the yes. fucking producer was just like, oh yeah, like, uh, I, I don't, I, he's like, his whole tone was like, I don't understand why I'm here. This was this commercial I made, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, 20 years ago. 
and uh, th that was the whole point of the project. I'm glad you like it, you know, which made me furious because I sobbed. I sobbed in this film. You sobbed in this film. Of course. Did, did you it, sob? Did you I, sob in this film last time you watched it? Uh, I didn't sob, another, but I got. This is another movie that, honest to God, I, I watched very frequently. Um, I for sure listen to the soundtrack. Uh, on a monthly basis yes. when I need to, when yes. I need to do my Rocky, like, yes. Oh, I need to have an emotion. And yeah. exactly. What to play. Yeah. Uh, I played the, the Transformers theme song the day I graduated from college. Mm -hmm. uh, when things are really bad, I played dare. Mm -hmm. uh, when uh, I, when I need to like uh, finish something, I play hunger. It, it's easily, the best soundtrack of any movie from this. I, I, I think there's very few movies that have a soundtrack that is this complete with a composer that is amazing and yeah. songs that are so iconic uh, of what was going on in their era. The eighties were known to have these, like you can do it if you try bullshit, mm -hmm. uh, you know, ballads, but this one had like fucking five of them. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, and and for a movie that like is under ninety minutes, like and and like Rocky Four, but more so, it's just a conduit for 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 just this great music. Okay, wait, let's let's back up a second. Are are you a Transformers fan? Like describe, yeah, okay, but but like massively, okay, like um, you, but you don't have like um, uh, this is something that I struggle with because I consider myself to be very much like a Transformers fan. I don't. Have I, I have one Dinobot that I, I keep in, you know, my bedroom from back when I was a kid. And I think my, my kid ripped one of his legs off and, like, he just has to be a Brontosaurus now. You know, there's so many, like, fans who, like, know all these obscure characters. I, I never got into Beast Wars. I never got into, like... Yeah, know. okay. In that, in that regard... That, that's what me, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a, a lot of my close friends know the whole mythology. For me... I watched the cartoon growing up when this movie came out, I went from, you know, the cartoon itself was very slow. It was traditional American animation where they like recycle a lot. Yeah. Had a lot of fast action and the movie blew your dick off. You know, it really emotionally <laughs> kicked you in, in the nuts. I mean, present tense. It blew, continues to. Blew, yeah. yeah. Blew the heads off of like your childhood friends, mm -hmm. shot them in the face, yeah. destroyed worlds. It it was one of the most traumatic things you could experience as a kid, which is, uh, I think, a testament to how good the movie is. Yeah, it's um, it. I, I I'm I'm so happy. It makes me so happy as I get older that this is a thing that I that I continue to carry with me. That 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 it's um, you know there were so many things that like you know um, in the eighties and then into the nineties you kind of think like oh this is kind of silly but you know whatever I'm a, I'm an I'm an eighties kid I'm a nineties kid this is okay I, you know like indulge me it. or something like that like blood sport yeah 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 this is this is legitimately like like the, there are so many like like crass elements to to. Uh, I think uh, this movie, if you are not, if you are not of this generation, if you are not a fan of this franchise, um, you can't deny some of that music and you can't deny that animation. It's just, it's just like, um, just, a, 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 yeah, a shot in your eyeballs as much as it is a shot in your ears, you know, narratively, 
it's 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 not as crass as it as it um sounds you know like um but that's just because it just it moves so fast and there are so many characters um and so many characters that kind of don't have that like that don't really go anywhere or like if they have a story it goes in just like the very the most simple beats um you know ultra magnus is a soldier and um, he's supposed to get the matrix of leadership from Optimus Prime, and he gets it, but it's imbued with into rot, hot rod, um, so it doesn't work for him. And then he gets killed, and then he comes back, and good vibes, you know. Um, Springer is introduced; uh, he doesn't really do anything. Um, RC uh, is, you know, the girl robot who, you know, um, kind of has this weird, like, just maternal relationship with, like, one of the only two human characters, the, like, 12-year-old Daniel. I was actually surprised because, you know, look, I, I have a two-year-old right now. I was watching the the Daniel characters, like, four scenes, um, and they really are, like, the uh, a big epic narrative arc for, like, a, 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 a toddler, it really is like, oh, I have a really cool hover bike and my best friend is a, a sports car. Um, and then, um, you know, I have to learn how to walk in this weird body that I'm given, this weird like exosuit that I'm allowed to that I'm allowed to wear. And um, my friends are watching me and encouraging me. And oh, my gosh, my dad's about to fall into this horrifying vat of acid. And I have to learn how to save him at the last minute. And I did. It's just like it is like a toddler's narrative. It's still actually terrifying because this movie is basically like green room. You know, this movie is just like um, no one's safe. Anyone could get killed at any moment's notice. Uh, they they really front load that, and then it, they kind of back off at the end. But you know that's mostly because they had introduced some some new characters. Yeah, I, I I think to talk about this movie as a traumatic movie is a really uh, is the best way to talk about this movie because mm-hmm. I will concede that plot wise it's incoherent in the middle in particular. There's a structure problem. Uh, the the whole Quintesson stuff was really interesting for me to watch again and just kind of like wonder like, you know, like um, if I was going to show this movie to like my mom, you know, well, my mom saw this. Which movie. everyone should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, watch this movie with my mom. Um, you know, uh, like it would just stand out as just like just this weird like aside. Anyway, yeah, you were going somewhere. So you, the movie starts off with a peaceful planet. Um, it's civilized in a way that you recognize immediately mm-hmm. as like citizens walking towards like a market. Kids People playing like in a park. In. Yeah. Um, and then a planet sticks its horns into it and sucks every living being off of it. Terrifying. And that's the that's the immediate gravity of the movie is that the stakes the stakes is fucking high, man. There's <laughs> there's a there's a, there's a fucking robot that goes 
quick, get to the ships. It's our only chance. And he's running through other bodies flying away into the mouth of Unicron. So you're immediately aware that everybody else is fucked. Like him and his homies, it's only their only chance to get to the ships. The ship takes off, goes towards the camera. It gets out. Second, it looks like it's going to break through mm-hmm. and then gets sucked back into the mouth of Unicron. And that's what you feel like. You and then you go through like this digestive process. And it's really like uh, animated, like, like, like really good Don Bluth, like, like secret of Nim shit. Like, like there's, there's literally a, a, a chomping sound. Yeah. That the innards of this <laughs> robot make as it crunches people and, and cities into food. And I don't right. think there's a six year old on fucking earth <laughs> that has ever considered for a second that he and all his loved ones and friends and family might potentially be food for an entire planet. Yeah. That's just like the, the, that is so crazy for a kid to even like, wait, is that even possible? Because I remember very distinctly being confused at what Unicron was. I didn't understand how a planet could eat some, another planet. Yeah. That's I not, still don't know. That's I, not, that's not a model that we like lived literally um, the gravity of that. And, but, and also, you know, like um, this, this is uh, a, a weird realization to have after having lived with this film for uh, uh, 30, uh, 34 years now is uh, I was just watching this being like, there are, there are five distinct planets in this film and four of them are inhabited by robotic <laughs> beings of some sort. Uh, no explanation. No, uh, <laughs> f- four planets, including uh, one of them being Unicron itself. But uh, but nonetheless, you know, um, or they're ahead of their time, man. Yeah, it's gonna be that's the next evolution. Uh, I, I will say though, that's how the movie fucking starts. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that kicks it off. And then it tells you, starring the guy, the voice from Micro Machines, Judd Nelson of uh, Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. Leonard fucking Nimoy. Right. And, Eric and, Idle and, and, and Orson Welles in his final role, famously. So I just want to uh, to give credit to how strong a start it is. I think by the time they go now to... Uh, the Autobots and Decepticons, they explain that we've been at war for forever. And they're, uh, the Autobots are finally, after you've watched this whole show for how many years? The year is 2005. Finally... <laughs> That's mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, thank you for pissing on my soul with that information. <laughs> 2005 for real? Yeah, that, that, that's what the narration says at the beginning. It's the year is 2005. Ooh, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just going to be anyway, there. Anyway, uh, it, it, it tells you that they're about to take their planet back from the Decepticons. They're finally going to mm-hmm. get that. And again, we have this realization that there's something even bigger than Decepticons. That's this dramatic it, Yeah, that, that'll that we, be, that we yeah. That'll, that'll, we'll get there. So Prime is like, hey, go back uh, and pick up some energon cues. We actually don't have enough to win this war. And you realize that this is a war and this is different from the cartoon because the cartoon they're, you know, they're going to win. This is actually saying, Hey, we might lose if we don't get more energon cubes. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, the stakes continue to like escalate. You well, know? yeah, again, well, and they, escalate like, like they don't really escalate because then like fucking like Ironhide and Prowl and a couple of the other guys whose names I, I can't remember 
they're they're flying to Earth, uh, to Autobot City, and um, Megatron just shows up, and, and like I said, it's just green room. Like he just he just he just shoots these guys like mercilessly, and then they like fall down, and you like see the life go out of their eyes, and. <laughs> <laughs> while well, instruments of destruction plays uh, it's an amazing song amazing song it's the whole the whole soundtrack is great so so they're just like um they're just blasting away at these guys and 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 then really like anything could happen it, it it's this really fascinating like narrative freefall um and and you know you, you know if you're a kid you obviously aren't prepared for it um, you know, and it's just, and then like, like even like in that scene, like Ironhide is like, no, don't, you know, while Megatron just zaps him, like, you know, he, in no, the head. No, it's not a zap. A zap is a pleasant, like, yeah. buzz. Yeah, He reaches up and with a giant arm cannon blows his head off. Yeah. Which is not a zap. It's a slaughter. It's, it's just, it's just so grim. And then from there, you know, we it, we we get introduced. What's so funny is like there are so many new characters. Wait, so what do you, wait, what do you yeah. mean the stakes aren't escalated? Well, we by that, by by yeah, there's already a huge plant that can eat planets, and there's um, you know, these uh, characters that you think that you're safe because it's a TV show, but then like you know anything anything can happen. You know, like your favorite characters are all dead or could potentially be killed and what's so and interesting would you say that that would make the stakes low well no i'm I'm saying well the stakes yeah sure uh what what i found interesting was what classic autobot characters survived this film um, i tried to do that inventory as a kid and just the thought of it stresses me out yeah i remember like actually doing like oh my god but where's jazz where's jazz yeah yeah and, yeah like, yeah that well, feeling. like and and like, um, fucking Bumblebee makes it out, but then he becomes Goldbug in the show later on. But anyway, yeah. The fear goes not from some of the people that you care about will die; it's that everybody that you know is dead, and not just them. Yeah, major eradication. Sorry, major but, eradication. But yeah. Potentially, the very, like everyone, the 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 germ of existence, like everybody, could be wiped out. So it's not. It no longer becomes about the good guys winning. It becomes about, like, will any part of us survive this? Will we be able to pass yeah. any of this on? And then if that's not fucking enough. But, but, but that doesn't get, it doesn't get there till the end. Like, like, I'm not trying, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying, yeah, the, like the stakes, the, the movie never slows down. Um, so, so there's a big, you know, showdown between the Autobots and the Decepticons on Earth. And um, there's just like, just, the touch gets played, which is a great song. Um, we could we could actually probably right now, let's be honest, we could do the line, we could do the the final battle sure, line. For of course, the, Megatron must be stopped at any cost. Um, uh, you got the touch, oh yeah, you got the power. You know, we're not going to do this. We could do this. We're not going to do it. Um, uh, it. It's it's just incredibly moving. It's well animated. Um, it, it's it's, wor- it's worth saying. I'll rip it's out your saying, optics. Yeah. It's worth saying that there was no way they could win. Yeah. Um, and they, it's up to Optimus Prime. Prime, Prime turned the tide. We've all grown up with. Yeah. Prime turned the tide is an important fucking line. Yeah. Right? One shall stand, one shall so, fall. Yeah. And Why throw it away? might be Prime. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, weirdly, I guess, I mean, really Megatron kind of came out a little better on that because Prime gets to have this, like, Prime dies 
surrounded by loved ones, um, hands off the matrix of leadership, which because is this whole concept that that was new. new like never, what? His affection for the new generation for Hot Rod, yeah, is his weakness. Yeah, Prime is about to win, and then the new young next generation hothead that he is, yeah, is Hot Rod. Fittingly, he tries to jump in, gets uh, Prime shot the fuck up, and We're... then we have to w- watch this new young idiot who represents us. Yes, be the reason why his a robot with a pop dead. collar. Hold on, my my laptop. I need to charge. I need to plug it in. Um, you keep talking here. I'm listening. Uh, I'm going to take this time to show the gravity of this movie by reading the lyrics to one of the most embarrassingly uh, '80s songs uh, called "Instruments of Destruction." Iron birds of fortune adrift above the skies. Cloudy revelations unseen by naked eyes. Flying tools of torment will penetrate the sphere, erupt the rock of ages, bringing final fear. That's introducing sexuality at a way too young an age. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of penetration going on in that song. Uh, and that's the song that's the song that we listen to while we watch our best friend get his head blown off. Yes. Um, wow, I, I thought you were going to just vamp in some way that I was that I was going to have to cut out, but no, that uh, we'll just keep that in. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, then then it's just a, like a really great chase film. Unicron. We're well, we don't need to go through the plot of it. Like everyone, you know, like you either know this movie or you don't. And if you don't know this movie, here, okay, have you shown this movie to any like adults who have never seen it before? For sure, yeah. And and what what it's a standard it's a standard dating movie. Like if you want to know me and love me, you must watch this. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because I I don't know if I. So so a few years ago, um, this film was playing in Brooklyn at BAM, um, and I bought like two tickets just like sight unseen, like uh, just like like to see this movie on the big screen was was you know and I and I told my wife this. And she was like, oh, I don't know if I want to see that. And I was like, okay, I'll find someone else. I, I don't know. I just, I just want to see it with somebody else. And then she called me up later, and, and she was like, we, I, that's not going to work because that's the same weekend that, like, my sister was going to show up with her kids, and my nephew at the time was six years old. And I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. And so I got to see it again with my nephew uh, on the big screen. And, and – you know, I, I I don't think he cared for it nearly as much as I. I don't know. I should. Did you really show a six year old that movie? Yeah, I was shown that movie at four. You know, like this is how <laughs> trauma gets perpetuated. <laughs> That's bold of you, sir. But so, so so you shown this Keep movie. Talking, I need to get a a, a whiskey refill. Okay, right uh, I'm going to look up some lyrics here to. Um, uh, oh, you know what? Let's do "Dare to Be Stupid," which is a Weird Al song. Put down your chainsaw and listen to me. It's time for us to join in the fight. It's time to let your babies grow up to be cowboys. It's time to let the bed bugs bite. You better put all your eggs in one basket. You better count your chickens before they hatch. You better sell some wine before it's tame. You better find yourself an itch to scratch. You better squeeze all the charmin you can while Mr. Wimple's not around. Stick your head in the microwave and get yourself a tan. Talk with your mouth full. Bite the hand that feeds you. Bite on more than you can chew. What can you do? Dare to be be stupid. stupid. Okay, so what did these adults say? 
when they watch this film? I don't care. I don't ever listen to their <laughs> no, opinions. I don't. I know they don't get it. I know they yeah. don't. Uh, but the, it's not a movie where I am looking for them to try to like see if the movie is good or not. It's embedded in my soul. It's to yeah. give them hints. Uh, as to who they're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. more. It's more of like a fucking proceed with caution. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you uh, look like behind warning. my eyes into my brain, this is this is like what like my mind does when set on neutral. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I am genuinely interested in in like how um, people who didn't exp- people who experience this film uh, devoid of nostalgia uh, watch it. But you know, again, as I'm I get sure older. I, I can I can recognize how nostalgia plays a role in some of the stuff that I watch, um, and I still like viscerally enjoy this film. I think to most people, For all they're like, stupidity. "Oh, I, I recognize the Transformers. Oh, this is really long. This is confusing. Oh my god, this is violent." Mm-hmm. Um, but it gets really complicated in the middle of, uh, of it. Yeah. So I, I, I think most people's take on it is just that it's kind of it's kind of messy. It's a very messy movie. Yeah. We're already going to T2. Oh, well, I mean, for me, what makes T2 exceptional, because I think the original Terminator was like a little bit more of a profound science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and T2 was a action movie. First with a great science fiction you know, backdrop. Uh, but what, what makes T2 really significant to me is we had matured with Arnold Schwarzenegger as an action star uh, from seeing him in the original one where he really is just a robot and he doesn't have a whole lot else going for him, but now he carries the franchise. And so it's not just a great action movie. It's also the birthing of like what we expect from cinema, you know? And I think James Cameron really did that really well blend you know action with with good sci-fi and i i can't remember that many movies that i remember seeing the preview of and being like fuck that's going to be an important milestone in my life you had seen the first terminator before you saw terminator 2 no for sure oh, yeah really? um wow. yeah i watched it at least three times mm-hmm. um I remember being so young that, you know, when you're a little kid, you can't really tell the difference between people that look vaguely similar. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell the difference between Reese and the Terminator in part one. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Little, yeah. That's how little I was. I was like, wait, why is he killing people now? And then I saw it again when I was like a little bit older, like maybe six or so. I had an aunt that was really into watching rated R movies. <laughs> With the six-year-old? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember it very well that time. Uh, and, you know, Reese is such a great nostalgic character uh, that uh, it, it's when you watch Terminator 2, you also have this weird feeling of, like, this is the guy that technically killed, you know, a hero. Um, but I remember seeing the preview for it, you know, like, he gets out of the machine and, like, walks to the camera, and it's, like, T2. And that, that was the first time they called the sequel, like, a letter Mm-hmm. alphanumeric combination you know what i mean right right it wasn't there wasn't like a a t like a letter and a number thing before that movie t2 was the first and um i remember thinking fuck 
you know, I'm going to be like 10. How am I going to see this in the movie theater? Like, are my parents going to let me see this? Like, I need to see this in the movie Yeah, theater. yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked out. I, I, got, I got to. Mm-hmm. And I, I think uh, I think that's why I'm probably cooler than most kids that grew up <laughs> these days, you know? F Street Cred. Uh, yeah, no, I, I remember um, the, being aware of the film, um, knowing that I could not see it, um, probably not till I was 18, you know. Uh, Holy shit, you didn't see it until you were 18? No, 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 no. That was my feeling. And then my dad, oh, okay. my dad, it was, it was my first rated R movie and my dad rented it, you know, just to, to plug into the zeitgeist, I think. Um, definitely like not. It's itchy and scratchy, the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's like well, because everything two. felt like that at the time. It, it definitely <laughs> was like, like, it really felt like a forbidden fruit because I remember vividly it being my first radar film. And I remember him renting it, like I said, like, not that, that it was at all the type of film that, like, my parents were watching, but I think they wanted to, like, you know, I think my dad, you know, wanted to watch a dumb, fun movie. And them kind of just, like, being like, ah, just watch it, I guess. I don't care, you know. And, and just having this glorious weekend. I think we watched it, like, twice. Um, when you became a man? that It felt like it, you know, because um, <laughs> it, it really... Um, you know, she put the blade through the milk carton into his throat, like into the wall, you know, just casually. I was going to say, I was going to say, did that movie really need to be rated R? Couldn't it have been PG-13? Yeah. It's... And, then I re- and then I remember impaling that, that man's face. Yeah. The milk carton. And, and then there's and then, a little bit. Then there's the, the, the finger and the eyeball um, scene. But yeah, by and large, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty... You know, like there's nothing that couldn't be edited around. I mean, I I would I could today see today it would have been a PG thirteen movie. For yeah, sure. it would be a PG thirteen, and and they maybe would not have uh, been so explicit with the um... part one was definitely a rated R situation. There was like sex and nudity. Uh, there was was there um... nudity in one? Yeah, the roommate. Uh, right, 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 right. And comes back listening to her headphones and gets like killed yeah. in her bra and underwear. Um, and also, part one felt a lot more like a like a horror movie. Yeah, it was it, it was a horror movie. I would say it was a sci fi horror movie where this unstoppable figure is chasing her down mm-hmm. and ends up like killing everyone. It's an I uh, mean, it, it, like like Rocky Four. I think it really says something about like um, where these Planet Hollywood um, like A list guys, you know. Um, they kind of had arrived by these points um, and and they're just like just forces for good and positivity. And there's not like a, it, it's they almost have to like shed any pathos, you know, with Stallone. It's like lovable loser or like psychotic Rambo figure. Um, and and with um, Schwarzenegger, you know, I don't know. I mean, Schwarzenegger was always he's always been like a, a weird like, you know, he's such a. Um, uh, he he's he's such a a presence that like really like invites you in and invites you to like like he's an entertainer, um, but he, he, in like a Hollywood narrative, it's so hard to you either just like ignore it or you make up some bullshit story about like why he exists in like this American world. Um, but I think it's very telling that you haven't mentioned once how handsome he was in any of these movies it's oh, pretty yeah. obvious where your allegiances lie <laughs> wait which one how handsome one sh- guy through and through 
I am a Stall- uh, Schwarz- Schwarzenegger has gotten no love. Could Stallone? Here's the question: Could Stallone have done the Terminator? No. Yeah, he he wouldn't have because you know he he's such a like um, uh, he kind of takes over the scene. Like Schwarzenegger, I feel like is able to like give uh, someone else the spotlight uh, in, in in on camera, and I don't think Stallone is able to. Um, I don't think Stallone has a sense of humor about himself at all. Like even when I think he does. I think it's down, a bad sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> the difference. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about comedy. I, I'm a person who, even when I'm uh, making fun of myself, I'm doing it in a strategic way that I'm yeah. comfortable with. I'm not truly comfortable with surrendering my perspective and my control over my image, mm-hmm. right? And I think Stallone has that same thing because when he plays Rocky, he's like a dumb guy that's like got a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. He's not just like hey, maybe I don't speak English too good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I fucking uh, Uh, in 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 Rocky too. The joke is, um, hey, maybe you want to sell condominiums? And he's like, ah, that's not really you know honest to me because like uh, I like to keep it natural, you know. (laughs) So in, in Terminator. Schwarzenegger earnestly plays the bad guy in the yeah. first one. Mm-hmm. And in the second one, he acts like a machine in service of the payoff of finally learning to act human later on. Those aren't elements that Stallone has, mm-hmm. you know, like he doesn't play himself bad, you know? Yeah. You know, he was, he, he's known for being really embarrassed that in Copland, his one dramatic, um, try like comeback after his action. Yeah. Era, yeah. He was really uncomfortable with putting on a lot of weight, you know. That like that's um, that's he, he just doesn't have any movies where he like makes himself less heroic or attractive for the sake of the role. I just don't see that. And you know, even though I know Schwarzenegger was really in control of his character, so they say, you know, he he plays backseat to a 13 year old for a lot of the movie. But I also think Schwarzenegger, he was really good at like, um, you know, when he was, you know, again, kind of like calling his own shots. He was really good at surrounding himself with very talented, uh, writers and directors and making them, you know, like Ivan Reitman in kindergarten cop, uh, fucking, um, uh, total recall, you know, like, um, James Cameron, obviously in, in the Terminators and, and true lies. Um, he was really good at, at like, um, being like, look, this is who I am. Make me work in this movie and make it the best fucking movie you can. Stallone, by comparison, he, yeah. he gen, he generally like, you know, he, he wrote scripts, he directed, he, he put himself in it. He put himself more. in it. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't think that, you can look at a lot of his scripts like with a lot of fondness, you know, like I, I, um, they're, they're, they're carried, they're carried by his charm, you know? I mean, I, I don't, the reason why I, I think is with Schwarzenegger, you have a body of work that has all these other directors and geniuses and some real piece of shit movies, mm-hmm. but there's so many different angles and perspectives that some of them survive the era, whereas Stallone, because he's injecting so much of his own ideas into it, once he jumps the shark as an actor, 
like his whole body of work does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he continues to make those cheesy, embarrassing movies. There's never something that takes him out of that. You know, his best effort is, you know, Demolition Man, you know, because you can feel him driving a little less than that. Hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think that's a big difference. And maybe that's because Stallone was a more capable guy. He wrote himself fucking Rocky. You yeah. Know? Um, but I think that lim- it, it's like when you make a solo a solo project as a musician, like once you start sucking, it's really apparent when you start sucking. Whereas if you're a part of a band, you can kind of lean on the other guys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're ready to, to, to fight, ready to put these films. Yeah. Down. Piss on your face. You piece of shit. I mean, I just want to put it out there. It sounds like I'm being a dick. Yeah. But you, you softened up your stance substantially. (laughs) from what I see fucking written on this goddamn piece of paper, all right? So I look like an asshole, but if we read You're word so for word... You're so angry, Victor. Why are you so angry? I was... you know, But this went a lot better than I thought it would. Okay. I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to fist fight Michael. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was like, shit, this is going to be awkward because I'm going to be so angry. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's focus on um, Bloodsport or Terminator 2. I mean, obviously, Terminator 2. Uh, Bloodsport is embarrassing on a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say it's important to point out some of the things that you literally said. <laughs> Frank Dukes is a real person and also a stupid liar. Watching this movie is like listening to a stupid liar tell you a story about how awesome he is. Wait, have There's you... some okay fights. Most people fight like they're charging themselves up for lethal blows mixed with the occasional bullshit made-up style. Where does this cynic cynicism come from? Wait, this is this is great. This Martial is... artist Michael Carroll. I can't believe I, I can't believe I didn't put this in when we were talking about blood sport. Um, this is from the uh, this is from the Wikipedia page uh, under production um, development and writing for the film Bloodsport. Co-writer Sheldon Ledich. Come, came up with the idea for the film, according to Ledditch, quote, I had known Frank Dukes for a number of months before I came up with the idea for Bloodsport. Frank told me a lot of tall tales, most of which turned out to be bullshit, but his stories about participating in this so-called Kumite event sounded like a great idea for a movie. There was one guy who he introduced me to named Richard Bender who claimed to have actually been at the Kumite event and who swore everything Frank told me was true. A few years later, this guy had a falling out with Frank and confessed to me that everything he told me about the Kumite was a lie. Frank had coached him in what to say. He, Frank wrote a book called The Secret Man, a memoir by martial artist Frank Dukes, um, in the book, Dukes asserts that he was recruited by Central Intelligence Agency director William J. Casey in a public toilet to work on covert missions, including destroying a fuel depot in Nicaragua and a chemical weapons plant in Iraq. This guy it was really rich to like go into like the history of. And he is just he's either a stupid liar or like um there is a vast conspiracy keeping us from understanding what this man is and what his Frank Dukes, the the actual live person is a hundred percent a fraud. Yes. Any white dude that tells you that he learned true ninjutsu, which doesn't exist in real life. It, there's nobody to pass it on to. Yes. He's a liar. 
Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yes. It was an amazing movie for <laughs> so many other reasons. Not like, hey, wait a second. You know what? That, I don't think this was as true as it, they say it is. I, I, that, that's not a valid criticism of this okay. movie. So, so you, you watch Bloodsport. You watch Bloodsport like kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's in the queue for you. you you're, just, you're always like going back to it. Um, when did you kind of like get the vibe that like Dukes is a stupid liar? I think, like, when I realized that based on true events meant fucking nothing. Yeah. Like, that's when I was like, oh, I'll just erase that mattering from any movie I've ever watched because it's always bullshit. Oh, yeah, I never actually really, yeah. So, um, but I definitely learned about it in the YouTube era post-2007. I started watching YouTube in 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. So somewhere around that time, someone did, like, a video about, like, Frank Duke's being a real person that made up all these crazy things. But I mean, it's like, but, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't it, look, it doesn't take it away from the, it doesn't take away from the film. The film stands on its own. The film on its own has the, it, it unfolds itself the way a stupid liar tells a story. <laughs> right. Like that, that's still there. You can have that, <laughs> but let's read this. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is very revealing these these are the notes i take while i'm watching a film the the following was written by a true piece of shit uh take are we still talking about blood sport no we're talking about you (laughs) um van damme is charmless he is charmless the whole opening backstory is a chore it is a chore yes are you kidding the the backstory is exactly the prototype that all movies would then take as a result of this, all it, movies followed this template. It's the Batman Begins thing where I'm just like, okay, like uh, you could do in like one scene, you could I do in two like minutes, like like it, it, you know, it's expanded into like twenty minutes, but it felt longer. Like you know, again, I'll play that audio of the kid, uh, but um, it also you know, growing up in a really diverse neighborhood, I also really appreciated seeing like a little Asian kid and his like mom and dad. Because it felt like my neighbors. I really, I really liked that whole scene. Any anytime you have an origin story that you identify with as a kid, mm-hmm. it's hard to relate to that as an adult. But as a kid, that's probably what made it so easy to go on this voyage with him becoming a man that needs to avenge his brother's death. So. Oh, then no, no, I like that actually. No, that's good. Um, you wrote what you wrote, Michael. It's too I, 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 yeah, We're I mean, fucking enemies. Um, in this in, in this treatise that you've written, yeah, <laughs> you're fucking way nicer about Rocky Four, which is a genuine piece of shit movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll say, I'll say, I actually, I'm, I'm, I think that Rocky Four, uh, I'm more interested in Bloodsport, and I would more likely go back to Bloodsport as a movie, as a soundtrack. I would go back to Rocky Four because um, I think that it's it, it's it's a really solid uh, I love score, I but... love uh, Vince Dicola, but I d- I didn't really care for it that much though. Yeah, no, the mo- yeah, the movie the movie was just like so sloppy. Uh and Terminator 2 is better than it, right? Like the, the, we don't need to For my far. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it's not even close. The the interesting perspective is that at the time Rocky 4 was as big as anything had ever been. Yeah, but you know uh, yeah. Mean? Well, no, that, I mean that's it, the interesting thing. Yeah, it like, didn't permeate to me at the time. This was a movie that was universally beloved. Yeah, it was, it was true culture. Yeah, and 
you know, seven years later to have Schwarzenegger like make this other thing. I'm sure it killed Stallone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just, there's no easy way out sequence rules. Um, in all caps, yeah. underlined. I want you to justify that because I don't know if I. Which is, is there's no easy way out is is when he drives away in his um, yeah uh, yeah. yeah no again it's it's for every reason I said like there was just this this like awful um, like first draft fuck it let's shoot it anyway um, sequence where Rocky and Adrian are fighting and and they have like. Uh, just this this vague conversation about honor and allegiance, and then he looks cool. There's great music. Uh, there's um, a cool car, and uh, he hugs Carl Weathers, and um, and then it cuts. To, he's driving away, and then it cuts to him being home. I think it's I think it's a really well edited sequence. Uh, I, I, I would I, put it up uh, against. I would put it up against like. Van Damme looking in his reflection and seeing and seeing uh, Ch- Chang Li, but um, Chang Li is it okay? Chang Li, <laughs> and seeing Chang Li. You can't just intermittently throw Chings and Changs out, my friend. <laughs> no, I, this is 2020. I'll have you know. I'm pretty sure it's spelled C H. Yeah, you're right. Oh. Um, but. Uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, there's just like one scene where he does that, and then it cuts to like Van Dam being like doing the, the splits, you know, um, uh, uh, and, and like like getting ready for his big fight. Like, I just think that they're better. Like, uh, like that that Rocky Four has a better like bracing for the showdown, you know, uh, vibe. But again, I think that like it's a. I think that like. Rocky Four is an uglier film, like uh, as far as like the worldview that it's espousing, you know. Bloodsport. It's generic. It's not. Uh, it's not intricate at all. By just by the nature of them being in Hong Kong, and having like you know some reporter white lady tell them that like all the things that they're doing are wrong. Yeah, that's way more interesting yeah. to me uh, as a fabric for what they're talking about. Um, I think it's worth talking about this note about what the role of whiteness is in Rocky Four. Yeah, it's really obvious. You know yeah. what I mean? Like in, in the all the the whole entire Rocky franchise, there is a context. In, I, I sense. Oh, I gotta send you this. Um, there is a the beginning of Street Fighter Two. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it? The, the the film the intro. No, no, no. The video game. The video game. Yeah, we'll, we'll play it now. Yeah. At the beginning of Street Fighter 2, you just put in your quarter, you're fucking excited. Mm-hmm. It shows a blonde guy, yellow blonde, like 80s yellow blonde. Yeah, yeah. Like this. Yeah, bouncing black with guy, the hands. Yeah. And they're bouncing up and down. Mm-hmm. The black guy and him are looking each other down. And then all of a sudden, no, the white guy goes, <laughs> and the black guy goes, <laughs> and just like falls down, and the camera. <laughs> majestically swoops up into the sky <laughs> to reveal a street fighter two yeah. logo. This idea, and, and I've, I've, I've watched this video on YouTube a number of times. And there's always a bunch of like trolls that are like, what's the big fucking deal? Only in this year. Can you like say that everything's racist? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's contextual. Mm-hmm. It's contextual because in all fighting arts, 
all fighting arts, the dominant athletes were always black. Yeah. So it is weird to have a video game where a yellow-haired white guy and a black guy are facing each other down, and the white guy destroys him. Yeah. And there's no black characters in the video game whatsoever. Well, playable. The there's 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 Balrog. There's a bad guy. There's yeah, a bad so guy there, who, who. There's an ignorant boxer modeled after Mike Tyson so much so that they had to change his name. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Originally so, he was he was M Bison. Yeah, no, no. I'm 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 saying that I'm I'm yeah. Um, I'm not pushing back so, on you. I'm, I'm not in line so on this. I, it's just important that to say contextually that fear of black dominance in martial arts or in, in, in sports was mm-hmm. really important. And Rocky, because the first one is as close to a realistic movie as you can get in the Rocky series, he loses. Yeah. Right? The victory in Rocky is that he just... He, he made it, what, like eight rounds or something? like 12 or 13 yeah. whatever it was back then um, and he didn't get knocked out yeah and he put up a fight that they were like look let's just be real about it there's no fucking way there's random battalion that's gonna beat the fuck out yeah, of yeah, yeah 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 no fucking way yeah and then he didn't but, and there was an Oscar <laughs> and yeah, then he was yeah, like yeah but the like, real money is in uh, money <laughs> is in fantasy yeah <laughs> uh, masturbatory fantasy yeah I'm gonna beat him in part two yeah, but well, first you're gonna kill my black friend, you know, like yeah. uh, that, 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 that's part three, baby. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's worth talking about how uh, whiteness is a really big part of part, especially part two, three, and four mm-hmm. in the Rocky series. Um, it becomes a very transparent uh, proxy for white people being afraid of <laughs> yeah. the other, and part four superimposes communism over that. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's like the trade-up. They're like, right, it's not about you and me, black guy. It's yeah. about us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about, uh, do, you, do you want to talk at all about... Um, Transformers? No, 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 no. I want, I want to get to that. But do you want to talk at all about whiteness in Terminator 2? Whiteness in Terminator 2. I don't... I think there's anything nearly as embarrassing as that. There's nothing and embarrassing, but it's just James Cameron. Mm-hmm. James Cameron has always been. Uh, I think he's like an LA guy. He seems to be a, a California person, and he mm-hmm. just acknowledges that other races exist. So you have Miles Dyson, the head of the artificial intelligence uh, team that creates Cyberdyne, as a an intelligent black man, no stereotypes. No fucking like what you're talking about, Willis close ups like you get in speed and you know, movies like that. Um, I think he just practically has different races in movies in the same way that in Aliens Two, um, he has he has what? Aliens? Yeah, like, yeah, let's no no, aliens. Uh yeah. Uh, he has the in the colonial marines, he has a lot of minorities. Mm-hmm. Vasquez is in the future. Clearly, Latinos are still going to be in fucking the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be black people. You're going to have a sergeant who's black, and it, it just it's normalized for him. And that, that's maybe less exceptional now. Now we're looking to have actually people have uh, main characters and protagonists that like are more diverse. But at that time, it was just useful to be able to see, hey, yeah, this fucking genius computer guy. You know, he's not a fucking nerdlinger. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, All right. So I think racially, it's a little bit more uh, progressive for 1982. 
Let's do the big question now. Let's think about this. Let's really, do you have an answer already for this one? Of course. Okay. I think that Transformers is better than Terminator 2. Only for a few reasons. Yeah. How old were you when you saw it? I was four. Okay. What the fuck else could be more powerful than a movie being able to penetrate your psyche? I don't like that though. I don't. I, like I, said, I don't like. I don't like um, falling on the. Here's nostalgia. why you don't like it. Yeah. Here's why you don't like it. Yeah. Optimus Prime was what a father figure. Yes. Right. And in this movie, you, the young upstart hot rod, do what? Get you your let him down. Killed. Yeah. Yeah. You let him down. Yeah. Michael, the whole movie is about hot rod needing to step up. Mm-hmm. What are you afraid to do, Michael? Man up. Man up. No, That's I why you don't look. Like no, no, no. I no, no, no. There's more to this. Let's let's unpack this a little bit more. It's 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 a it's a frantic film. It's a kinetic film. There is uh, good vibes. Um, there's highs and there's lows. Like I say, it's a, it's a, it's a really manic film because you know, like when it gets sad, it, it really is just like yeah, like it's just like oh yeah, there's you're at your father's deathbed. You know, like you should say goodbye. He's going to give you the matrix of leadership now, uh, and he's gonna he's gonna pull out of his fucking chest. Yeah, he's gonna pull his heart out of yeah. Make your people live on. Yeah, 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 and when defeat the giant Galactus at your darkest hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will be able to open it. Um, it's never boring. Like there's never any point where, you know, like like neither of these films are boring. Um, here's a weird thing. I'm really into movies that are short these days. Uh, (laughs) and yeah, I mean, it just, it, it just moves at such a, a a fast clip. I mean, like, I think the, the question I kind of like set myself up for, for these things is like, if I was just like in, in a, in a neutral space in a neutral state of mind, um, neither having a good day or a bad day, and I had a TV in front of me and nothing else, and there were two channels, I would probably just watch Transformers more than Terminator 2. Um, and I'm kind of okay with that, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do think Terminator 2 was... Uh script wise an excellent movie structurally it works really well there's a lot more um, art to terminator 2 yeah there's a lot of emotion uh, i think you know we I, we did a disservice to terminator 2 not by not talking about john connor a little bit more hey, well uh, and, you got what do you got um because they both have they both have you know like a, a much briefly much more briefly in transformers but they both have like little kid and his best friend a giant robot you know yeah, that's a good fucking point. Um, I, 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 we, we switch from him being the protagonist in the first one as much uh, by the middle of the movie, but there's something very emotional about uh, him being excited to see his father land after so many months mm-hmm. and playing Dare, which is an experience that every human should have, yes. just to watch this kid run down to see his father while they're playing the most sentimental goddamn song ever. Yeah. Um, uh, on a fucking hoverboard, uh, it, 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 it's the glee which they capture what you imagine your father to be like as a child is very unique. Mm-hmm. And Terminator 2 is more of an adolescent movie. And I think it's really good in that John Connor thinks of himself as a piece of shit. 
you know he's a yeah. bad kid he's a bad kid he's up he's a, has a problem he doesn't give a fuck about his parents mm-hmm. uh he is doing he's he's got a fucking ginger best friend yeah that's no good yeah yeah you know with, with the fucking mullet yeah they just kind of go played hang out the in the mall who <laughs> played by the guy who's butt nick and salute your shorts mm-hmm. that's that's no good um he listens to guns and roses uh and he has to take his skepticism about his mom being worthless, a crazy woman that makes him like he blames for his stupid life. And as it turns out, she's a fucking Mary. She's the fucking father of, of the person who's going to save humanity. And that's really profound stuff. And I think that Terminator 2 really does have so much going for it in in the uh, in the arc of. Uh, a mother and a father and a son uh, I just think for me Transformers hit me when I was that little that it, and it focused on father 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 mm-hmm. you know that it, it was just it was more, it was more deeply buried in my psyche you know but uh, Terminator 2 as far as like you know impact on the world you know that was a massive movie like yeah 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 a bunch of people a lot more people saw it and uh, transformers was hated it was very pan no it it, most people don't recognize it most people didn't even know there was a cartoon movie in the 80s they only know the new franchise yeah yeah um by virtue of the fact that they have a soundtrack that i continue to listen to on a fucking monthly basis yeah like it just i just know that for me you know it's it's deep deep in there as dope and I think Terminator 2 is definitely one of the biggest cinematic events of our of our era by far. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really have them anymore. We have Marvel movies now. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I mean, which, the landscape is, is radically different. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's hard. To, all of this stuff is really difficult to do without context. But mm-hmm. I think if I'm being honest about what kind of uh, moviegoer I am, it it it's all just about how it figures into my own life. Yeah. That's why I can defend, you know, Transformers very aggressively, and that's why I like Footloose, and I'm okay with it if other people don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no right answer. I mean, that's that's sort of I think part of like what I'm kind of like exploring with this project. Well, what, I, I would say the rest of the 99 percent of movies that we're going to talk about, I'm going to say Terminator for sure. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I will yeah, yeah. I, I will I will say this though soundtrack doesn't compare uh the terminator there's 2 no, soundtrack yeah no there's it's no nice. songs that i mean no i remember song from terminator 2 is the song from part one which is the theme song right right i remember like like learning a few years later that there was a guns and roses song and i was being like and, and just thinking like that's so strange because i know i like guns and roses and yet it, it never like uh, i never absorbed the fact that they did really? a song for it's uh, yeah. they made a video with Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. Yeah. Check yeah. it out. Just never. Yeah, I know I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, any last thoughts? Um, I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you for coming, Victor. Hasta la vista. <laughs>